You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about rest in our lives. But first, let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Abby? I went to share about an internet game I've been playing, which is called Wordle. Probably a lot of people have heard about this by now. Not me. Because it is sweeping the nation. (laughs) We'll come aboard because it's really fun. This is a game that you play in a browser. There's one game every 24 hours, and everybody plays the same game, and they're all numbered. You're given six chances to guess a five-letter word. So you have to put in a real five-letter word each time, Mm -hmm. and it tells you whether you have letters that are in the word but Mm -hmm. not in the right place or in the word and in the right place or not in the word. This sounds very similar to the game Mastermind, which Neil and I really like to play. And it's with pegs and colors, Mm. but that same idea where you get clues and you're trying to guess it in as few tries as possible. Yeah, so really similar. And I think there are pen and paper games like this that you can play. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I read a really sweet story about it in, I think, the New York Times that was about the guy who wrote the game. Mm -hmm. And he wrote it for his partner just for her to play and then put it online for everyone else. Fun. It's great. It is addictive, but not in the way of normal online games because you only get one per day. And I really love it. And we'll link to it so everyone can play it. How often do you get the correct word? I would say I get it about 80% of the time. Okay. It's enough guesses usually Mm -hmm. to get it. And I have developed some strategies like putting in a word with every letter different to start and at least two vowels, you know, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which is probably pretty basic, but I felt proud of myself when I figured that out. (laughs) Good work, Abby. (laughs) Thanks. What's new with you? We have been really struggling to figure out when to get groceries. And yesterday, I had a realization about myself that I think is going to make this easier. I do not like getting it on the weekend. We always think we'll do it on Saturday, which is the day that neither of us are working, but then never really want to do it on Saturday. So it doesn't get done and then it keeps getting put off. And then I think, oh, I'll do it on my day off work during the week because I'll Mm. have all day to get it done. But then I feel resentful about having to use my day off to go get groceries. (laughs) So then it also does not get done. So this is what has happened this last week. Then yesterday I realized what I need to do is plan to do it on a day when I'm already busy and at work and just doing it on the way home where I have this small chunk of time where I wouldn't do anything productive at home anyway. Mm -hmm. And instead I'm doing a very efficient grocery shop. And because the grocery store is close to my work, it doesn't feel like I'm wasting my time getting there and back Mm -hmm. because I think that was a big hang up for me. I know it doesn't take that much time, but it still felt like this big effort. So I think from now on, I am planning to get the groceries after work on Thursdays, right before I pick up the kids. And with the other grocery store that we use, I think I'm going to be doing a pickup order that Neil can pick up. And then we can still have the days that are more open be more open. That sounds like a great plan. I hope that it works and that this solves the problem of us not wanting to get groceries and then not getting groceries and then feeling sad about not having groceries. Me too. (laughs) Let's move into what we've been reading. Abby, what is your latest book? I recently finished Once There Were Wolves by Charlotte McConaughey. 
This is a novel about a researcher, Inti, who's leading a project to reintroduce wolves into Scotland. And her sister, Aggie, who's experienced trauma in the past that you learn more about over the course of the book. Mm -hmm. They are living together. They're in Scotland. And the majority of the plot centers on Inti's interactions with local people and how the integration or reintroduction of the wolves is going. And it goes between present day there in Scotland and vignettes of the past all the way back to these sisters' childhood. This is a very compelling book. The audiobook was very good. The reader did all the accents. So Inti is actually Australian. And so they do an Australian accent for her, but then did all these other Scottish accents for all the townspeople and stuff. And it was excellent. The writing was beautiful. I like how deliberately the personalities of the characters were revealed. And the book overall has kind of a Barbara Kingsolver vibe in terms of the mm-hmm. environmental and sciencey mm-hmm. conservation type threads yeah. that go throughout it. The things that were really hard for me in this book were how much emotional abuse and violence was portrayed, particularly graphic descriptions of violence against women. Mm. And because of that, I'm not sure if I would recommend it. I am glad that I read it. Mm-hmm. And I will be thinking about it for a while. But it was a very tough read for me because of the mm-hmm. violence. And so proceed with caution. Noted. What have you been reading, Sarah? I read I Hope This Finds You Well by Kate Bear. This is a book of poetry where she takes messages that she receives from people, both positive and negative, and then blacks out sections of them to create a poem from the message. And so when you're reading the book, on the left side is the original message that she received, and on the right side is the poem that she's created. I loved how accessible it was. It feels like if you're intimidated by poetry, her work is great to get started in that. It doesn't feel like she's trying to use obscure language or metaphors that you have to work to understand. It's right there, but is beautifully done. I also love the idea of turning something negative, some of the messages that she's received, just being a person who is out in the world on social media and all of the feedback that you get and taking that negativity and turning it into something beautiful and taking this ownership of it and the control back in some way. Mm. I find that to be really powerful. I would say the only thing I didn't like is it could feel a little gimmicky when you're reading one after another Mm -hmm. of this style of poetry. But at the same time, I really did love it and would recommend it. I think part of it is that Enneagram 8 in me Mm -hmm. and the vengefulness. I loved the idea of her shoving this poetry back (laughs) in the faces of people and profiting off of their hate towards her. I was really into that. Let's move into our topic for today, rest. Let's start with the personal and talk about how we define rest in our own lives. I would say that for me, rest is anything that I do that allows my brain to turn off normal life areas and focus on just one thing. I really like that definition. I think for me, it has to do with getting into the flow and minimizing the noise, which is very similar to what you're saying, and feel taken out 
of the everyday and creating that space to just be. Hmm. How do you think society's views on rest influence your feelings about rest? I think that we live in a society that does not value rest Mm -hmm. in the ways that I wish that it did. Mm -hmm. And that there's a lot of pressure to be productive and there's a lot of pressure to make money and there's a lot of pressure to do something that has an outcome or has a product Mm -hmm. that comes at the end of it rather than just doing things to do or being to be. And that that definitely comes in when I think about rest. I think it comes in when I schedule myself. I think it comes in when I schedule my kids. Mm -hmm. I wish that it was not so pervasive. Absolutely. I originally wanted to talk about this topic because I feel like I have high rest needs compared to a lot of people that I see. And it's hard to know, am I resting more or are other people not sharing the times that they rest because it's not valued by society? Mm. Is it this thing that we're all doing But you don't want to say, oh, yeah, I just spent the whole afternoon taking a nap and reading a book that that may not be the first thing you're putting out into the world. I also have had low iron stores off and on for the last decade. And just in the last few months, it has come to light how low they are and how much that was affecting me and my energy levels. And I really felt like I had to rest. And that my body was telling me to rest much more than other people and needing to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I think I needed to be okay with that without knowing that there was a medical reason why I felt that way, that I knew I had these really high rest needs. But then I didn't know why that was. I just knew I needed to go to sleep really early and I knew Mm -hmm. I felt exhausted and I knew I needed to like take this care of myself So it felt very validating to find out there was a reason (laughs) for that. Yeah. And it also, I think, gave me a lot of compassion for myself and needing to seek out and establish my own value outside of what society says I should. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't feel like I could always be productive. Yeah. And that's something I've actually always admired about you is that you were so dedicated to that Mm -hmm. part of your life and a really good model for those of us who aspire to be better resters Mm -hmm. in all areas of our life. But it is really interesting that you are one of the only friends I have like that. Mm. Yeah, I do love a good rest. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope even now that we are working to solve the problem of my low iron stores, that I continue to carry that with me going forward. Me too. What in your life makes you feel like you need rest? Are there particular activities or engagements or situations where you can just feel that you are in desperate need of some rest in your life? You know, I wrote these things down, but now that I'm reading them, they sort of feel like I need an escape. And I Mm. wonder if I'm equating escape and rest. Yeah, In my mind that I can't take rest in my normal life. And that's something Mm -hmm. that I need to work on, that I feel like I need to escape from it. Mm. It's something for me to think about. But anyway, what I put down is that my children screaming or whining at each other makes me want Mm -hmm. to rest slash escape. (laughs) (laughs) 
transcribing scientist interviews, and doing schedule coordination. So I'm at the point in my semester where I need to plan out what readings are happening when, what assignments are due when, and pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. And we are hiring a babysitter, and I need to send her sort of a big scheduling email. These are the dates the kids are off of school. This is spring break, et cetera. And I'm just kind of dreading that Mm -hmm. and how it feels in my body when I am wanting rest from those things or to escape from those things are a bone tiredness that as someone with not very high sleep needs, I don't often feel really tired. Like I just want to go to bed or I just want to peace out. But I Mm -hmm. feel that when I need it and a clenched jaw and raised shoulders. Yeah. And that feels like my body being like, it's time to rest now. Mm -hmm. Yes. I feel it when my schedule has too much on it. At the time, I'm going okay going from thing to thing and feeling productive and feeling like I'm not wasting time. But then if I get to the end of the day without having any breathing room and any moments for rest, I can really feel Mm. it. And I think the schedule part of it is feeling like there are so many things hanging over my head that it's hard to rest because part of it is really being able to turn off what's happening in my regular life and just Mm -hmm. reboot in this way. Yeah, without feeling like you are dropping the ball. Yes, resting in lieu of something productive that then you'll pay for later. Yes. And it feels hard to rest in those situations because of everything happening in my mind and feeling like there's a lot of stuff that I should be doing. And for me, I really notice this in my frustration tolerance becoming much lower. Mm. And then I'll think, this wouldn't bother me on a different day. I think this is about me and not anyone I'm interacting with. (laughs) And that is always a clue that I just need some time to regroup. That happens to me, too, with my frustration tolerance. It is a very good sign. What kinds of rest are the most fulfilling for you? Definitely reading books is a good one for me. Also, just laying down in the bed by myself for 15 Mm -hmm. minutes. Mm -hmm. I did this the other day where I had been making dinner and the kids were screaming, whining at each other. And I just put the dinner on the table and I said, I'm going to take a break. And then I went and laid down. (laughs) and I felt so great after just 15 minutes and then rejoined the rest of dinner. Yes. Also, I had this delightful experience where I was going to get my hair cut and my stylist was running late. And she said, this other person is going to do an extra long shampoo for you. (laughs) And so I got my hair shampooed. And so Mm -hmm. it was basically me having warm water and a head massage while Mm -hmm. I was there Mm -hmm. without anyone around me. And I didn't have to make conversation. That was the most restful time in recent memory. (laughs) Other things that are restful are listening to an audiobook or podcast, walking but without an agenda or time that I have to be somewhere. So walking but without having to be back at a certain time to Mm -hmm. take over parenting or walking but not on my way to class because then I'm thinking about, am I going to get to class on time? I also like to look at my garden and how the plants are growing. Mm -hmm. And I like to watch the chickens do chicken stuff and pet the cat. Hmm. I love those. 
For me, going on walks is a big one. And like you said, just going on a walk to go on a walk and just to be walking and seeing things. Reading books, especially once you're into the book and you Mm. can just get lost in it. That feels very restful. I have also lately really enjoyed listening to a podcast and playing two dots on my phone. Mm. And I think it feels restful in a way that very few things on my phone feel restful. I often want to escape into my phone, but it is not a normal thing to come out of that feeling like, oh, wow, I just really feel rejuvenated and ready to take on the world and more centered. It's like, no, I think it actually continued in that feeling of low tolerance for frustration and (laughs) feeling like there's not enough time to do things. When I am really doing something that feels restful, the world and time feels more expansive, Mm. not like I'm using up the time where with my phone, when I get to the end of it, I'm just like, well, there's no time for anything. Mm. But these other activities, I come out of them and feel like, oh, okay, that was time well spent. And now I'm ready to move forward. And feeling that energy when I'm done is a sign that what I did is really restful. So I think why the phone game plus a podcast works for me is that I'm consuming something consistent that I want to, as opposed to little bits and pieces from going down various internet rabbit holes. And I want to listen to a podcast and it just lets me sit and do it, but then have this other way to be engaging my brain. I don't know. It's really been working for me. I would not have guessed this. This is a very new thing for me, but I'm loving it. (laughs) I love that for you. (laughs) How do you think the idea of self-care fits into this conversation? Because I think rest and self-care are different, even if one can be a part of the other. Mm -hmm. I think they're pretty connected for me. But to me, self-care feels more like doing something while rest Mm. feels less accomplishment driven. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm taking my walk for self-care, mm. right? Yes. It's not I'm walking for pleasure. Yes, I'm doing it because I know that it will be good for my mental health and I'll feel better when I'm done. But I'm not necessarily feeling that thing of like the expansiveness of time that you just mentioned about how it feels like, yes. ah, this is making more time in my day. And it feels really good. It feels like ticking a box. Yes. And I also wonder if that comes back into this like societally sanctioned thing, because I think we are pushed to do this self-care stuff when really what we need is more time without stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So in some ways they're connected, but in some ways they feel almost opposite. Mm, Yeah. I love what you said about checking a box. Self-care feels like that to me. Like if we're being good adults, we're doing (laughs) self-care. Right. And we're doing the exercising and we're doing the going to sleep early. And those are all things we can track and measure and feel accomplished for doing these self-care things. And I feel like the benefit of rest is the rest itself. Mm. It's not a feeling of accomplishment when you're done. Yeah. Like that's not the point of rest. I also forgot to mention that my favorite way to rest is just to lay on my bed with nothing, no book (laughs) or no phone. I love just laying there. And I think of rest as being part of self-care. I think that taking time for rest is a way to care for myself, but it has a really different energy around it for me. Mm -hmm. It really feels countercultural and... Like I'm pushing back against what society expects and taking control over my own life and really tapping into the value of who I am 
as a human not connected to anything else, and that feels really powerful. Yeah. Do you think you're getting enough rest in your life these days? I don't think so. I have not figured out my new schedule yet with school and coordination and kids. As I said earlier, we just hired a babysitter, so I think that that will make more space for me. But as we're recording this, I'm also building up some righteous indignation that there is not just more time for rest built into Mm -hmm. our lives. And so I wonder if I can be countercultural, like you said, and claim some of that. Something I'll have to think about more going forward. Yeah. I think I mostly do get enough rest, but not always. I struggled with starting grad school to feel that balance that Mm -hmm. I think I had found before that was hard for me when there were always assignments or readings or things that I should be doing with the open time in a way before when the kids were at school and I wasn't at work. And of course, there were things around the house to do, but it did feel easier to get into that restful state without the noise of you should be doing this and you should be doing Mm -hmm. this and what about this and you're losing your time to do this and school really triggered that for me and so I think I need to do a better job keeping schoolwork contained to certain times Mm. and being good about using that you know how we are which is very deadline driven (laughs) and put things off but then that comes with the mental cost of feeling it over you until it gets done absolutely So I'd like to find a way to keep school in its own compartment so that it's not encroaching on my rest. Let's end by sharing any rest aspirations that you have after this conversation. As I alluded to earlier, I want to claim my space for rest. I want to plan the times in, as in I'm going to walk slowly to pick up Pepper because I don't have a deadline to get to daycare, because he can be there till 6 p.m. And I'm going to listen to my audiobook and not hurry, rather than I'm going to power walk over there just to get to the next thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to integrate it into my day so I don't, like you said, get to the end of the day and feel like, wow, that was really a lot. <laughs> it was not enough. And now I'm feeling it and noticing it in all these different ways. One time I would really like to claim for myself is in the morning when I first wake up. I have been using my sad lamp really consistently over the last month or so, but I have been bringing my phone and or Mm. computer in with me. Mm -hmm. And I have a few blogs that I read, so I'll start doing that. But then I just keep going until the kids are up and it's time to start doing other stuff. I would really like to use that time as a way to start my day with rest, either reading a book or writing in a journal or just being. Mm. So I hope that I can make that happen. Sounds great. That wraps up our conversation about rest. Listeners, we would love to hear all of your thoughts about this topic and how rest looks in your lives. Let's end by sharing something we've been eating. We have been on the popcorn train. My kids really love it as a snack. I love it as a snack. And we go through different toppings. Lately, my favorite has been butter, of course, always with butter. (laughs) But then with a ranch seasoning packet on top, not a whole packet. You just sprinkle a little bit on and tastes so good. Been having that for the last three days and going to keep it going for a while. I love that idea. I recently found out there's a Penzi's close 
to Birmingham. It's in a very <laughs> close by suburb and I had never been there before, but I think they have a ranch seasoning that you can buy. And mm-hmm. I bet it would be totally awesome on popcorn. What have you been eating? I went to share a recipe that my mom introduced me to. These are Parmesan garlic roasted baby potatoes. Mm. And what you do is you take really small potatoes, so as small as you can find, mm-hmm. and cut them in half. And then in a 9 by 13, you put olive oil and then you sprinkle seasonings and Parmesan on top. And then you put the potatoes cut side down mm-hmm. and bake them. And so they form a little crust on the open side of the potato, and it's almost like a fry, and they are so good. So we'll share the recipe in the show notes, but I do have some tips. So the first one is that the kind of Parmesan that you use is very specific. You can't use freshly, like, microplane Parmesan. So we like to get the big Mm -hmm. chunk of Parmesan, and that's what we put in, like, spaghetti carbonara and on top of regular spaghetti and stuff. But you want to get the kind that's pre-grated and drier than that Mm -hmm. from the grocery store like in the little tub i bet the kind that comes in the can with the green lid would also work and then when you take them out of the oven you want to let them sit for at least 15 minutes because when it's hot the crust is not as crusty but if you let Mm -hmm. them sit they'll still be warm and yummy but then it's really crunchy and it's awesome sounds so good that's all for this episode of friendlier it's been great talking with you sarah and with all of you listeners You can find out more about everything we talked about today in the show notes on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast.